Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky, Andy, a massive shift in the mindset of LeBron James that could have a huge impact on the Lakers this season. We'll tell you about it next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Lockdown Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, uh, sometimes on weekends. But no matter how you get your podcasts or where you get your podcasts, Andy, this one's always free. It's never going to be behind a paywall. Never. No, we're not nope. doing that to you. Nope. Um, we could charge for it. Probably should. Um, no, we, we just charge Locked On. That's right. who we charge for. Wait, like let's make like it clear, just in case we, they're listening, just in case we, they're listening and misunderstanding it. It's not free to them. Right. It is actually behind a paywall for them. For them, just not right. you, the listener. We pass our costs on to other people mm -hmm. so that we don't have to pass them on to you. Mm -hmm. um, do want to let people know, too, that Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you go to see the show. Today, uh, Andy, is it a very important day to be able to see the show. Many visual references that we'll be, uh, we will be making. Uh, we're going to break down. We're going to try to get into some of the, the forwards. Um, we started on the guards earlier this week. We're going to start breaking down some of the non-Anthony Davis, LeBron James forwards on the team. Um, we talked uh, about the, the press conference. It was supposed to be held today with uh, Rob Palenka and um, Darvin Ham. That has been pushed back to media day um, Monday, I believe it is. It will, it will be. And so uh, that raised at least my eyebrows. Um, but first, Andy, you and I often like to talk about how we are deeply influential. Yeah tastemakers, um, movers and shakers in the Lakers community pay attention to what we say, how we say it, and even how we look when we say those things. Uh, because the big news on, on Tuesday was this from LeBron James. He has shaved his head. We will yes. no longer be doing the, you know, what's going on with LeBron's hairline thing that, you know, it was that dye. What is that? Um, the, the whole, the whole thing is no longer going to be an issue because LeBron James, he is now one of us, one of us, one of us, one of us. And he has shaved his head. He is no longer screwing around with the, with everything. And let me tell you, LeBron, first, I will say welcome. And I will say good for you. He, there were times where it looked like he went the Carlos Boozer painted route. And just nobody was buying this. And he had reached a point where it's like, look, man, you're almost 38 years old. So you're at an age where this is somewhat to be expected anyway. Mm -hmm. But you've been pushing this for several years. You've been taking mockery. Even at times, LeBron's thrown out jokes at his own expense. Just come home, man. Mm -hmm. come home, do the right thing. And you know what? He did it. Like you and I will both attest the first time you recognize that it is time and that you got to do this. It's frightening. well, particularly like, you know, I remember when I was 14. And <laughs> yeah. For people who don't know, Brian started losing his hair 
in high school. It's sort of re started receding. I noticed it sophomore year in high school. Um, <laughs> that is a tough draw. <laughs> I yeah. So I I um I have looked. I have done this for much longer than it's been fashionable. I you know this has basically been the look for um you know twenty years, give or take. I I looked. I just turned forty seven uh, earlier this month. I looked forty seven when I was twenty seven. Yes, now I, I think I've just grown into it. I don't think I've aged significantly in the last few years, um, which says more about what I look. My wife just looked like, oh, yes, you have. Um, but I, it, says, it, looks, it, it says more about what I used to look like than what I look like now. But that's not the point. I will say this. We joke. I actually think this will help LeBron. Like, is it the same as, you know, all the off-season work he does on his body to make sure he can go out and withstand the rigors of an 82-game season and the millions of dollars now I'm sure he spends on physical fitness and food and chefs and all that? None of yes. which apparently went towards Rogaine. Right. Yes, it is as important as all of those things. Uh, okay, no, it's not. But it's one less thing to worry about. Like it is truly genuinely liberating when you finally just say, screw it. And, and you shave it off and like Alec, go back and look at Alex Caruso. Want a ring, shave the head, won a ring. Got paid. Yes. And remember it was during that season where JaVale LeBron McGee can finally get paid. JaVale McGee famously said that he is the one like the veteran that he was JaVale McGee turned into like, one of the most renowned veteran teammates in the NBA over like the last five years, who would have thought that, you know, with the early beginning with all the Shaq and the fool and, you know, eating cinnamon by the spoonful with Nick young, like nobody saw this coming, but JaVale McGee sat down Alex Caruso and said, you got to shave that off. You got to put the headband on. You got an adopt a look. He became the Eagle. And everything from there is history, including the Lakers failing to retain him. Right. <laughs> this is all. To whatever all. extent LeBron spent any kind of mental energy worrying about what my hair was going to, and clearly he spent some. Oh yes, he did. He looked different every game. Yeah, well, he it clearly was, cared. I mean, <laughs> he clearly was trying to make it look as good as possible, and it just, you know. So I'm not saying this may. <laughs> <laughs> this no more made him, measures. <laughs> you know, better or worse or whatever, but it, it occupied some part of his brain. It will not anymore. And now he can just get out there and it looks good. He's got a nice round dome. That's um, the you know, thing, the, though. The That's... nice bushy beard to go with it. I mean, it, it's like it's a solid look, LeBron. Uh, I'm proud of you. I'm pleased for you. Um, I am. I am excited that our influence, Andy, is being... Um, Directed in such a positive way. I hope I hope we only can now help more people. I just hope LeBron feels comfortable calling. I mean, this is new. You know, it's something that he's not quite used to. Like, we're just a phone call away. You know, just a DM away over Twitter, mm -hmm. whatever, if he needs our advice. But again, good for LeBron. I also noticed something uh, kind of quirky. Yeah. But the top five scorers of all time in the NBA, Kareem, LeBron, Carl Malone, Kobe, Michael Jordan, all bald before their careers ended. And now with LeBron, all accepted their fates before their careers ended. Like even if Kobe didn't bick it like he did post-career, he had certainly entered he an was, acceptance stage. Like he, yeah, he, he was cut pulling it, it down. Yeah. yeah, he cut it close enough where there was 
the both tacit acknowledgement and even Kobe verbally acknowledging at times, like, you know, he was no longer fro Kobe. He used to joke about that. And what I noticed, Brian, this is a good sign for Kevin Durant, who's trying to climb that hill right now. He's about 6,000 points behind MJ no, for number five. And, and needs to, uh, he needs to channel his inner frozen and let it go. Yes, he does. Because, man, he's got some patches going on, particularly in the back. Um, he's about 5,000 behind Dirk for number six, 6,000 behind MJ for number five. He's got that big spot that's been building for a while. And honestly, if I were him considering the injury history, I would cover my bases and shave it all off right now. <laughs> I mean, like, look, and, and some people might say, um, well, guys, the reason that the top five leading scorers of all time were either all bald or near bald, you know, is, you know, Kareem retired when he was like 57 oh, years old. Kareem was patchy during like the peak right. of showtime. But you, you, you start to break these things down, like the longevity, the age, it's a, these guys all play long. I disagree. I think it is specifically that their superpower was the loss of hair. Well, you know what um, it is? Keeps them pissed off. Right. <laughs> it keeps the, it keeps the fires going. It's just a little bit. It's just that extra insecurity that you need. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about you know four of the all time iconic great players, and Carl Malone, <laughs> not my favorite, but you know you're talking about you know five of the literal greatest scores in NBA history. Five no brainer Hall of Famers. These are five guys with damn near everything they want at their fingertips, yet this is something they can't control. This is something they absolutely can't control, and I guarantee it It added a few thousand extra points for all five of them. Stars, they're just like us. Yes, all right, um, next, Andy, after the break, let's do this. The, uh, the press conference that was supposed to be happening on Wednesday today uh, with Darvin Ham and Rob Palenka has been postponed until media day. I'm not saying the Lakers have been trying to pile up evidence that something is going to happen before training camp, but they keep trying to pile up evidence to make people think that something is happening before training camp. Is this meaningful or is it just another troll? That's next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by BetOnline, BetOnline.net, your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports. This season, find all the latest news for football league developments, game matchups, and podcasts. This week, too, for the NFL was just incredible. Oh! One, of, one of those, you got to watch all the games from start to finish, particularly the end. Mm -hmm. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. But also, you can get ahead of the 2023 NBA season and the Lakers. Lay down some early action. They're currently six-point underdogs opening the season against Golden State on their ring night. Interestingly, seven-to-one odds to win the West, only behind hmm. the Warriors, Clippers, and Suns uh, eat their dust, Denver Nuggets. If, if by interesting, you mean Vegas thinks Lakers fans are stupid. <laughs> well, that, that is interesting. <laughs> also, it is interesting, also totally predictable, and mm -hmm. an annual tradition, Brian, dare I say. So head to the website today, use your mobile device, learn more about the trends in action, bet online where the game starts. Okay. Let me walk you through it, Andy. It starts with rumors upon rumors. Kyrie Irving. For one, 
uh, the the Utah stuff. Wait, hold on, Brian. You forgot Kyrie and KD. Oh, right. That was <laughs> that was for a minute. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Would you trade? That was a fun hypothetical. Would you trade Anthony Davis and Russ for uh, Kyrie and and Durant? That was a fun episode. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, as a thought exercise, it was very had no chance of actually happening, but it was a fun thought exercise. And you know, there's the Indiana thing. Then they traded for Patrick Beverly. Now, you know what we got, Andy? A surplus of guards. Mm-hmm. And then they signed Dennis Schroeder. And you know what you got now? You've got an even bigger <laughs> surplus of guards. Like, way too many guards. We talked, I believe it was on Monday's show, about the tremendous number of guards that the Lakers have. Um, and throughout all of this, the Lakers insisted, insisted that none of this had anything to do with the possibility of trading Russell Westbrook to another team. Well, they they put out those signals, we should make it clear, through media, through you know sources, that sort of thing. Nothing has been on the record, anything like that, uh, other than, I guess, Darvin Ham talking up Russ, you know, right. every opportunity possible. They, the but... Lakers, at every opportunity, have made it clear, however they're doing it, we, we, we are ready to go into the season with Russ. We believe in him uh, in one form or another. <laughs> Russell Westbrook has not requested a trade. <laughs> Still my favorite. <laughs> and all of these things, Andy, um, each time they do it for a sector of Lakers fans, a certain portion of them, it is the functional equivalent. They hear the Beverly trade. And up oh, there he goes. Lucy's got the football. I, Charlie Brown, will go kick it now. And then the Lakers pull it away. Ah, the Lakers have signed Dennis Schroeder. I, Charlie Brown, will go kick the football now. Uh, and then the Lakers pull it away. There was a press conference that was supposed to be happening today where Darvin Ham and Rob Palenka were going to meet with the media and break down everything that's that, you know ahead of media day, which I believe is, is now uh, set for Monday, and, and talk about all of this stuff. And it's been postponed. I, Charlie Brown, I'm going to go kick the football. Yes. Is Lucy going to pull it away from me one more time? So you think this actually means there's something in no, the hopper? I, I don't. I do. I don't. But each the point at at this point, if they're not, they're kind of trolling Lakers fans, aren't they? Like. I actually respect it if they're like, you know, let's just F with them a little bit more. You know what? I don't like I, Rob Palinka, do not like the way these people talk about me. And so therefore, I'm going to think of really passive aggressive ways to indicate that uh, Russell Westbrook is on his way out of town. I'm going to I didn't I had no interest in trading for Patrick Beverly. But you know what? I did it anyway, just to, to, to tease these people. Do I really want Dennis Schroeder? No, but I want to tease these people. And now I'm going to postpone this press conference. Why? No reason at all. We totally could have had it. But well, I just want i want these people to suffer because I don't like the way they talk about me. <laughs> this, <laughs> I kind of would respect that. Yeah, I mean, look, Rob Palenka has never struck me as an especially funny guy, um, you know, in the time that we've been around him. I, I'm not saying he has no sense of humor, 
I'm just saying I've never heard him be especially funny. Rob Palenka is not funny. Well, because look, there are people who have good, there are people we know who have good senses of humor. Mm -hmm. They're just not necessarily funny. Correct. But they know what to laugh at. They they recognize what is funny. At best, Rob Palenka is one of those people. Rob might find funny things funny. Right. Um, He is not funny. Rob, Rob does not know how to tell a joke. No, I well maybe he does. I've never heard him do it before. I mean, there's, there's I've heard him a... try. Like he's he's tried, like in public settings, and maybe he's... he like maybe he is just riotous in private. Yeah. I doubt it. Um, I thought about this though because obviously there are a lot of people putting on their tinfoil hats and saying that this means that you know they are making serious headway on a Russell Westbrook deal and they don't want to put themselves down taking questions about this thing when something is actually about to happen or just they don't have time to waste. Like they don't, they don't want to take themselves away from these calls that are just continually coming in to talk to a bunch of bozos like us at El Segundo. They can do it on Monday anyway. Excuse me, we got LeBron to shave his head. Who are you calling a bozo? You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's actually very typical by the way, for the coach and the GM to talk ahead of media day. This was a regularly scheduled normal press conference that was expected to I thought it might happen Friday sometimes they do it a little closer to the but generally speaking now this is how it works where the GM and the coach will talk before media day right. because it takes longer people have more questions and so right it's a more it's a more intimate you know sort of directed setting so it got mm-hmm. me thinking about uh I had four possibilities for this Brian in terms mm-hmm. of what the explanation could be number 1 Rob Palinka is in fact making headway on a Russell Westbrook deal. Number two, Rob Palinka isn't making a headway on a Russell Westbrook deal, but wants you to think he's making headway on a Russell Westbrook deal in lieu of taking questions about why he has actually hasn't made headway on a Russell Westbrook deal. Uh, number three, Rob Palinka would rather take tough questions in a less isolated, broader environment where he's not the central story. Like even if Darvin Ham had been there during today's planned presser, there's going to be a lot more pointed stuff at Palinka, so he's looking to avoid it, as Rob Palinka often does when things aren't going very well. Number four, Rob Palinka is just in the middle of an incredible book that he can't put down <laughs> because he's either searching for a quote or an analogy for his next presser, or Brian, it's just that damn good. Because we know Rob, Rob legitimately loves to read. He does. He does. No, and he's he's very well right. This is the last weekend to trade Russ before camp opens. It's. I mean, LeBron's mini camp may already have started by the time people hear this. It's either the twenty first or the twenty second. I think it's. I think it's going on. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Cole Swider let that out on his podcast. Right. <laughs> That's not a joke, by the way. I know. Cole Swider actually did break this because he's a rookie with a podcast and doesn't realize he's not supposed to say these things. Oh, Cole Swider. Um, so, um, look, it, all, and all joking it, aside, it probably he's, he's, also, not, he's not really getting traded before Monday, it's, is he? Look, he could be. He might not be. I think it's just a reminder of something that I'd said, I believe it was on Tuesday's show. This is going to feel fluid, the roster, until the trade deadline has passed. Because it's always going to feel like the Lakers are searching to move Russell Westbrook because in all likelihood, they probably are looking to move Russell Westbrook. So nothing is, even if you open camp and open the season with Westbrook on the roster, 
it's not going to feel settled until we've passed the time where he can be moved. It just isn't. No, it's true. Even if he's playing well, it probably won't. No, because it's it's still it's the overarching. Well, that's where his trade value goes up. <laughs> the Lakers finally get some leverage. Um, all right, so um, we we needed like three segments earlier in the week to get through the guards because there are sixty three of them to talk about. Um, we can get through probably some of the non-star forwards in terms of thinking about what to expect from uh, the 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 rest of the roster and position groups. Um, we could probably do that in about five minutes because there are only three of them. Uh, one of whom, and we'll tell you which one, we forgot in our initial <laughs> list. So we'll talk about it next. <laughs> so our sincere apologies to Wenyan Gabriel. Um, <laughs> because when we were talking about, let's preview the forwards who are not the non-centers, who are not, and, and the non-stars. You know, what to expect from LeBron, what to expect. That's, that's, that's like just a normal show. But we're not going to spend necessarily as much time talking about Troy Brown. So we were like, let's talk about Troy Brown. What about Juan Toscano Anderson? We're like, yeah, okay, well, they're they're the forwards. And we're and I what five minutes before we started, I'm making the list of things. I was like, oh, Wenyan. We <laughs> forgot about Wenyan. And I think that's in part because A, he's not necessarily expected to play a huge role for the team this year. B, his contract isn't guaranteed. That's so I the think big that's one. the assumption from a lot of people is he is somebody who might actually get cut to sign, I don't know, presumably another guard. Or, I'm or, not sure. or included in some type in of a deal. deal because right, to add a million or two or whatever it is. Or if the Lakers get back three players for one and they need right. to trade, you know, they need to, that Gabriel has the most tenuous position on the team, which by the way is certainly probably true. Um, the flip side of that is, Andy, um, it is hard to cut one of your only players who's over six feet, six foot five, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, he's, he's the tallest of the three guys we're about to get into by three inches. Uh, Troy Brown Jr. And Juan Scano Anderson, both six, six, Wendy and Gabriel six, nine. Do and you, but like in all seriousness, when you look at these guys, cause you know, we talked at length about the guards and the, how the Lakers deploy the guards has a direct influence on what we're going to see from this group of players, uh, small forward and power forward. Um, it's certainly, and we'll get to the centers in uh, Damian Jones and, and Thomas Bryant later this week, uh, because the Lakers rudely canceled the press conference that was supposed to give us enough content to get through the rest of the week. Talk about Charlie Brown <laughs> pulling the football away. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you expect from this group? I, 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 I'm not, because I, I could see because of the way the roster is constructed, all three of these guys having a very minimal impact depending on how things play out and what Darwin chooses to do and how small they have to run. I don't know. I mean, it, it, in certain respects, I could see maybe not all three of them, but two of the three mm -hmm. having legitimate roles in the rotation between their size, between their, you know, defensive either skills or at very least desire. All three of them are willing to to focus on then and put in you know on that end and put in the work that sort of stuff uh -huh. and you know they are a rarity on this roster like being six six to six nine and being guys who are legitimate forwards again not counting LeBron not counting AD that is a serious and I argue dangerous uh, rarity on this roster right so it also um, but into not to 
really cut you off, but like it also does sort of naturally limit the amount that those guys can play. Anyway, it's like, you know, there there aren't 38 minutes a night for Juan Toscano Anderson. No, no, but but I mean like in terms of them having roles as opposed to the team going guard heavier and smaller and you know looking to automatically use Austin Reeves as a three as much as possible or looking for you know three guard sets even coming off the bench you know like or LeBron and AD maybe playing a few extra minutes than you might expect like stuff like that I I don't know how it's going to shake out because with with all three of them there are I think broad if not necessarily the same limitations offensively like you know Wendy Gabriel for example actually last season very small size theater and you know contextually there there became a point of who cares Mm-hmm. But, you know, his offensive numbers actually on this team were quite good in terms of what he was asked to do and what he did. But he's nonetheless still a very limited offensive player. Juan Scano Anderson, Troy Brown Jr. are also pretty limited in what they can do offensively. Uh, before we get into, though, Brian, what what they what they do, what they don't do, and what could maybe break some ties, I just discovered on the Lakers official website, because I was looking up um, – the measurements on mm-hmm. on these guys, just because I, I wanted to double check and I was correct that Troy Brown Jr. and Juan Toscano Anderson are basically the same size, basically mm-hmm. the same weight, even though I think Toscano Anderson is thought of as bigger. He's thought of more as a four and Troy Brown's thought of more as a three. Right. But they're actually Troy Brown's actually about five listed about five pounds heavier. But I discovered that the Lakers it's all the letters on the back of Toscano Anderson's jersey that makes him look heavier. They have little uh, captions describing all three of these guys um, that I, I found delightful and wanted to share. Um, a youthful Troy Brown Jr. brings four seasons of competitive play under his belt to Los Angeles. Hungry to grow, Brown Jr. can utilize his 6'11 wingspan and a quick first step to fit Coach Ham's fast-paced defensive strategy. The second player of Mexican descent to win an NBA title comes south looking to make more history with purple and gold. This, of course, being Juan Scano Anderson. Along with a versatile skill set both in the paint and on the perimeter, the 29-year-old forward will add a lively presence to the Laker locker room. And then finally, <laughs> brought on late last season, when in Gabriel was an instant spark plug to the Lakers offense. The 25-year-old forward used his powerful, springy talent and added depth to the team's front court presence. I love those. <laughs> those it's, are great. It's, it's very sweet. It's nice. They sound like like the the little blurb you get in like a playbill if you go <laughs> see something on Broadway. Um, it also reads a little bit like in lieu of actual accomplishments, here's what we're going to say about them. Um, Troy Brown can use his six foot uh, 11 wingspan. He hasn't necessarily over the course of his career yet, but he can. Um, I... There's to me, there's like it, there each guy has kind of its own if. Like Wenyan is Wenyan is very specific. If if guys get hurt, obviously, or you need you need energy, you need hustle, you need something. He he's deployed in very specific sort of And he's the only of the three that you can really, I think, reasonably use as a backup center. I know JTA's right. done it. Small ball five, a legitimate size as a power forward or whatever. Like if you, you you use him if he, if he's playing a lot, it's probably a bad sign. Yeah. Um, but works his ass off. Got a great attitude. Uh, love that. Really happy to have him on the team. Yeah. Perfect. You know, great fourteenth or fifteenth guy. Really bright um, dude. You know exactly what you're going to get. But 
limited. Um, I Troy Brown, there is a direct correlation to how well he shoots the three and how much he's going to play. Let's let's assume the defense, which I don't know is completely safe to do. Um, he has had moments where his defensive numbers are good. He has had moments, you know, sort of where they where they look a little more spotty. He's also played for some really lousy teams, uh, and it's hard to be a good defender on a bad team. Um, so, but let's, you know, the other issue is he's he's sort of, I guess they signed him as a three and D type guy. Um, he's not hyper athletic um, and all that kind of stuff. He needs to make those threes. Um, or it's going to be hard again if they're especially if they're going to bump some of those twos down to the small forward position, play small ball um, or whatever it is. Or in those moments where you have a center on the floor, bump LeBron or whatever it might be back up to the three. There's not a lot of minutes there necessarily. He's going to have to make three pointers. Toscano Anderson, obviously, the shooting is going to matter. Um, I think it's more about how much did the Lakers end up valuing the sort of connective stuff. Like when we did the the scouting Great that report, you brought that up. Yeah, this the scouting report on uh, Toscano Anderson. It was particularly like you know, twenty minutes. Like you don't want him for more than twenty minutes. It's what do you do with him? Um, you know, he's he he's a little like a front court version of Austin Reeves. So what do they want from that? How does that fit in with small ball lineups? How does that fit in with the reserve lineups? I think if they find a lot of utility there. He's going to play a lot more because he'll be reliable defensively, um, in, in similar to Reeves in the sense that they'll be in the right spot, they'll do the right thing, um, and he will make the right play. So do they need that? I don't know. Depends on what lineups they keep trotting out there. Well, it's interesting you bring up making the play. Um, one thing that jumped out at me looking at JTA's numbers, the passing numbers suggest somebody who can help the offense even without necessarily – juicing it directly because you know his his offensive rating and stuff like that was not very good although it can be difficult in certain respects depending on when you're used comparatively to have some of the offensive numbers that other guys on this team have but right and to say per- it's not like he was relied certainly last year was not relied on but, uh, but here's the thing that jumped player. out at me it's the passing numbers like mm-hmm. his assist percentage the only warriors per basketball references metrics with a higher percentage with more minutes played than him were Steph, Draymond, Jordan Poole, and Bielitsa, of all people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Per cleaning the glass, his assist percentage was in the 88th percentile for his position, but in the 98th percentile in assist percentage per usage rate. So in other words, he's very good at making the most of his time as a passer in limited time. Um, He spent more time last season as a four than a three in terms of some of the breakdowns I saw and his numbers. Oh, I think, better. I think on this team, he functions much more as a four than a three. And, and, and they were better as a four, particularly defensively. And that could be his spot for the taking off the bench. You know, if there's enough shooting around him. And then it was interesting because I looked at Troy Brown Jr.'s numbers at the four, because as I noted before, he, he hasn't been talked about that way, but they're the same size. And Granted, this is with me not having a ton of context on this because I was not able to watch the entire season of, of you know Wizards or Bulls the last couple of years. Oh, why would you? <laughs> but certainly last right. season, his numbers were considerably worse, particularly defensively, as a four than a three. He's like, much more. I think you know he's got more length, but I think he is thought of you know, and certainly has played more as a two, three. Yeah. I can't tell you the three, four. I can't tell you the, which by the way is another flaw of this roster is like, it's 
not all you know wing guys it's like there are two threes and then there are straight i guess you know guys who can go three four um and the lakers are real short on right the three four types but i i just found that interesting in the sense of how these guys could potentially you know make themselves stand out provide that utility i mean with troy brown too it's not just that he has to make threes at a slightly higher clip he needs to just take more mm-hmm. like he needs to act both these guys want well, scano anderson take and make <laughs> yeah what want scano anderson and troy brown jr like per 36 combined last year averaged less than 20 field goal attempts per game right like and Toscano Anderson as a three-point shooter was was 40% two seasons ago, 32% the season before, and in a very small sample size, right. 30, so, 35. So is he a 35 guy? Is he a 36 guy? Is he a 33 guy? All that makes a difference. They, they both need to, I think, as much, you know, they need to be productive offensively, but they also need to be looking to announce their presence, I think, a little bit more offensively as well. Yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, you know, and this will come up when we talk about the centers as well, like, how the Lakers decide whether or not they have to play all six of these guards, um, figure out ways to get them in the lineup, sort of feel like they have to shoot. And understandably, because that's where a lot of the talent on the roster is. It's not unjustifiable. It's not all just political. There is That's where a lot of the good players are. But the ripple effect from that directly impacts the questions that we're asking here. And, you know, how much do we see Thomas Bryan? How much do we see Damian Jones? Um, Locked on Lakers on YouTube, Andy, is not impacted by any of those decisions. You can watch that no matter what. You can help us push past 8,000 subscribers, which we hope you will. Uh, Getting so close. Um, And, uh, yeah, so that is is all I have to say about those things. Um, And we will be back next time. Thank you.